In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does, why is it so easy for religion, and not just uh, Catholicism or Christianity, all religions, to just reduce itself to a kind of uh, moralistic worldview? And what I mean by that is legalism. Just follow these rules and you'll be saved. It's very easy for religion to fall into that. And in the history of religions, all religions have fallen into that, including uh, not Catholicism itself, but many Catholics, old and new, in the history of Catholicism and in contemporary Catholicism. There are many Catholics, many Christians, and people of all uh, religions that believe, if I just follow this set of rules, then I'll go to heaven. Then God will be pleased with me. Why? is it that religion often falls into this trap? Which is, in my opinion, does not come from God at all, just so you know. Why is it that it, it falls into this trap so easily? Because we want to be sure. We want to be sure that we're saved. We want to be sure that we're going to heaven. We want to be absolutely sure without any doubt that God is pleased with us. But this does not come from true religion. True religion is about faith. It's about making an act of faith, believing what God says, not being absolutely sure that everything that I'm doing right now is 100% correct, but being absolutely sure that God loves me. That's true faith. Being 100% sure that God is merciful, that being absolutely sure without any doubt that God in Christ is my Father and that He loves me and desires my salvation and that if I entrust myself to Him, then God will do His work in me, and thus He will save me. But it is His doing and not my own. Why is it that religion is uh, so susceptible to this trap of reducing itself to mere, a mere set of rules? It's a human problem. It's not God's problem. We want to be sure of our salvation, and we want to control our salvation. We don't want to depend on God. We don't want to wait for God. We don't want to wait for God to do something in our lives. We want to take control of it so that we become the masters of our own lives. But this is not Christianity for sure. It's also the easier route in religion. If I just, set, if I just follow a set of rules and that therefore I go to heaven, I mean, that's very easy to do. It's not hard to go to mass for an hour a week. It's not hard at all. It's not really all that difficult to go up to a priest and tell him I lied and I did all these things, whatever it is. It's not very hard to do these things. It's not very hard to make the sign of the cross before I eat a meal. It's not hard to put a rosary on my rearview mirror. It's not very hard to be a rules-based Catholic. That's very easy. But Catholicism is actually really hard. And it's supposed to be really, really hard. I read a quote yesterday by a saint named Saint Nikolai, where he said, if in natural human circumstances, we have to work really, really hard and we have to suffer a lot to be recognized as heroes and to achieve a great prize even on earth, how much more do we have to suffer? How much more do we have to sacrifice? How much more do we have to give? How much more courageous do we have to be in order to win the heavenly prize, in order to be known as a hero among the saints? And that's very true. In the Gospel reading today, 
Jesus gives us an example of this. He gives us the image of a sheepfold and himself being the good shepherd. And a sheepfold is, in ancient times, maybe today too, I actually don't have any idea, but at least in ancient times, uh, a sheepfold would, would be a, an enclosed area where all the sheep would live, and they were, where they would eat, where they would sleep, etc. And it would be surrounded by very high stone walls with just one gate somewhere for the shepherd to come in and out and to, to uh, bring his sheep in and out of the sheepfold. There was a gatekeeper there, and the gatekeeper knew who the shepherd was, and only the shepherd was allowed in and out of the sheepfold because he had to protect them. Jesus gives us this image to say, well, if somebody comes in from any other way than the, than the gate, he's doing it for adverse reasons, for evil, evil reasons. He wants to kill and slaughter and destroy. He wants to eat the sheep, essentially. He wants to use the sheep for something else. But the shepherd comes in and out freely. And he even goes a little bit further, Jesus. He calls his own sheep by name. I've never heard of shepherds calling his own sheep by name. I've never heard of sh shepherds naming their sheep. The sheep are just supposed to be used for some other good. They're supposed to be used to grow up and slaughter them so that they can eat their meat, so that they can uh, uh, get milk out of them, so that they can use their, their, their wool for uh, clothing and so on. The, the sheep exist so that they can be used for some other goods other than themselves. Christ, the good shepherd, gives names to his sheep. He's intimate with his sheep. He knows them one by one. And in fact, in another gospel reading, he says, if one even leaves the sheepfold, the good shepherd will go after the one that went astray. This is how much the good shepherd loves the sheep. This is an image that Jesus is giving us so that we can understand him better in relation to us and that we can understand ourselves better in relation to him. Because I'll tell you what, for the entire world, we are only sheep. For the entire world, you are only a consumer. For the entire world, you are only a vote for a politician. For the whole world, you're worth as much as you have in your bank account. You're just a number with a dollar sign in front of it. That's all you are. You're not a person for the world. But Christ, the Good Shepherd, has given you a name. He's given you an identity. And because your identity comes from Him, He loves you. He identifies himself with you. You are a member of his body and he loves you. And if you went astray, he would go after you alone. That is to say, if you went astray, he would die for you alone, is how much he loves you. However, for you and I, it's very easy to look at this and say, well, let me just follow a set of rules and I'll be good to go. That's not our calling though. If Christ is the good shepherd and he gives his sheep Names He names them one by one. If the sheep recognize his voice, there's a kind of familiarity here. You only, you know, you know the, the example. If uh, you call a friend or a friend, somebody calls you from an unknown number, never seen that number before and you pick it up. If it's a close friend of yours and you say hello and they say something, you'll know who they are. Because you're close to them, you recognize their voice. Well, that presupposes some kind of intimacy. It presupposes time spent in a relationship. It presupposes familiarity. You only, hear, you only recognize the voice of people that you know, that people that you've spent time speaking with, communicating with. 
And so the sheep recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd. We must recognize the voice of Christ. That means that we must have this kind of intimate relationship with Him. This is what, this is what our religion is really about. To have this kind of intimate relationship with Jesus Christ such that when He calls us in our hearts, when He works in our lives, in the mysterious way that He does, we recognize His voice and we recognize His actions. This is how well we know Him. When we reduce the faith down to just a set of rules, then God is just a robot and so are we. But there's no exchange of hearts there. That's just not Catholicism. Catholicism has to end in a transformation of the heart such that our heart becomes the sacred heart of Christ. If that transformation doesn't happen because we're not allowing it to happen because it's too hard to work on ourselves and to really know ourselves and to know God and we don't want to confront our sins and it's too difficult so I don't want to go down that path, it's too much pain, it's too much suffering, it's too much whatever. Follow all the rules that you want but forget about the kingdom of God. Catholicism is about a transformation of the heart. Those who enter the kingdom of God are those who are citizens and you are made citizens. You are transformed into citizens of the kingdom of God. How then do we do that? If Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, what is the good shepherd? The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This is another thing about the sheepfold. The gate where the sheep would come in and out with the good shepherd, the shepherd would sleep there on the floor so that if a wolf came, he would have to go through the shepherd and the shepherd would risk his life for the sake of the sheep. That's what a good shepherd is. That's what Christ is for us. And in fact, it's exactly what he did for us on the cross. Before the sting of death and the permanency of sin, or the result of sin, came knocking on our hearts and took us all to hell, Christ died for us. He took the blow for us. But the transformation of the heart that Catholicism requires of you and I, not following a set of rules. It's not just following a set of rules. It's that we must do the same. We must become good shepherds to one another as well. And believe me, anything less than that, like I said, the kingdom of God, you know, Jesus says to uh, the young man, you are not far from the kingdom of God. If we're just following a set of rules, if we just reduce religion and our faith and our, and our journey with Christ down to just a set of laws, we are far from the kingdom of God. We must be transformed into the good shepherd. And that means laying down our lives for one another. And I'll give you an example of this. Very quickly, I'm reading a very good book right now on uh, St. Therese of Lisieux. I love this book. I've been telling everybody about it. If you want to know what it's called, it's called The Context of Holiness. It's written by a Carmelite monk priest and psychologist. It's a psychological analysis of the life of St. Therese of Lisieux. And long story short, she had many issues that many people, you know, common issues that people go through. Abandonment issues, rejection issues, loneliness, social anxieties, these, these kinds of things. She was hypersensitive, hyper-emotional. Anybody would say something to her, look at her wrong or whatever, and she'd break down in tears and her family would have to go after her and coddle her, coddle her and do all these things. It was a disaster living with her, basically. And one day on Christmas, she says, I received the grace of conversion from Jesus. That one day, her father said, Therese needs to grow up to her sister. And Therese overheard it. 
And she went up and she started to cry. And then her sister went after her and said, you have to compose yourself now. Stop acting like this. And at that moment, Therese says, God gave me a special grace that has changed my life forever. I went down and I smiled and I laughed and I just completely changed my tone. And from that day forward, she said she, that she had battled her emotions, her hypersensitivity. Why? Not for her own sake, but for the sake of her father and her family. So that she can now be good to other people. So that instead of, make, instead of uh, having it so that people are surrounding her, that she's the center of everybody's life, she's made everybody else the center of her life in the name of Christ. And in giving herself over to other people, overcoming her sensitivities and overcoming her emotional battles and so on, and overcoming herself for the good of those around her, she discovered the virtue of charity, the virtue of love. She's laying down her life for those that God has put in her life. And that's when she says, when I learned charity, living for others, this is the first time I learned happiness and I've been happy ever since. And that doesn't negate any of the battles that she had to endure for the rest of her life. That doesn't negate the combat that she had to, that she had to go through. That doesn't mean that she had to stop fighting. She didn't, she kept fighting. But she kept fighting for the sake of love. That's what it means to be a good shepherd. To lay down yourself, to put yourself aside and to put your needs aside, to put your personal desires aside and to live for those that God has put in your life. Amen.